man. And when we look around at the world, so many men stumble and fall. So many heroes stumble and fall. Let's start off in, in 1 Peter chapter 5. Some will stand up first. Yes, they were. Remember that show Wipeout? I love that show Wipeout. That was essentially the premise of the show was to put people on footing that was not firm and watch them fall and wipe out. It was awesome, you know? And, and that's what the world is like. First Peter, what? That's the world you feel like. First Peter chapter 5. Look down at verse 8. Men, we take some notes. 
And I think that's part of what I can struggle with sometimes. I talk to the guys in my campus ministry in Boston. I go, why are you guys all sitting in the back row? Some of you guys, you come to church, you're sitting in the back row, you're not taking any notes, and the sisters are up front, and they're fired up. Okay, so we got to make some decisions when we leave here today. I want us to make some decisions. You know, when I study this stuff out, guys, I, I feel like I need to make decisions every time. Yeah. We're going to make some decisions even in this room. Come on, man, you guys are have the opportunity at the end to come on up here. Because I think, man, I think you got to learn how to get up in front of a group of men with some confidence. Talk a little bit. And if you got a decision that you're walking out of here with today, I want to hear it. Because I don't want you to wait and take to get in there and go home and then not really make the decision. I don't want you guys to make some decisions in front of each other. So that's what we'll be ending with. I just got two points for you guys. My first point as we study out 1 Peter, talking about standing firm. My first point is brave enough to stand alone. Brave enough to stand alone. Let's go to chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to start verse 13. It says, therefore, you still get there, I hear a lot of pages about one. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform. You hear that? Do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he called you as holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. That word holy, it's one of those Bible words. Down here, you probably hear that song all the time. We got Florida George and I singing about it. Change the meaning of that word holy. But it means to be set apart. It means to stand alone. Right. The scripture right here, God tells us, all right, again, it says, be alert and sober mind. You gotta wake up here. And you gotta be, be someone who doesn't conform to what everybody else around you is doing. I mean, guys, I, I got a million stories of ways growing up that I conform, that I try to be like the crowd, that I try to be like this world. I got a million stories like that. And I remember. We used to have this thing called breakaway pants. You guys ever have breakaway pants? Yeah. 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 And I got them because everybody else wore them, you know? And they had buttons going all the way down the side of the pants. So essentially, when you were warming up for basketball, you could just rip them off. You know what I mean? I remember one day I walked into class in middle school and I was standing there with my breakaway pants on, feeling real cool. And this guy, Joe Dion, he walked up behind me and he went to pass me in front of the whole class. But to his and my surprise, the pants came right off in his hands like a magician trick right there. <laughs> and I was standing there in my tiny whiteies.
Come on, Jesse. Just dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. It's a very clear concept and a very clear idea. As disciples, as men of God, we're supposed to be foreigners and exiles in this world. I mean, that just spells out weird, different. Set apart. That's what it spells out. That's what it looks like. Let's look at one more. First Peter chapter 4, verse 1. It says, therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude. Because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. You've spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do. Living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. They are surprised that you don't join them in their reckless, wild living. And they heap abuse on you. But they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Yeah, I love this verse right here. It says, man, you just, you can't keep going along with the rest of the world. Amen. No, we spend enough time doing those things. We got to be set apart. We got to stand alone. You got to be brave enough. To be different. And they're right. going to put abuse on you. And you're going to be different. And you're not going to fit in. And you just got to accept that those are the footsteps of Christ. That's right. Yep. That's what it looks like to follow the steps. Come on, Jesse. Now, I remember in high school playing lacrosse. Dude. And my lacrosse buddies. You know, I became a disciple when I was in, in, high, in, uh, in early high school. Young teenager. I remember my lacrosse friends one day just asking me, you know, dude, so like, I did one of them a favor, and they said, all right, I'm, I'm going to pay you back. I'm going to get you some beer this weekend. And it's one of those moments where you're like, I could just say, and I know thanks, man, or I could say that I'm a disciple of Jesus. And they're going, well, nah, man, I, I don't drink. Why not? Because I'm a Christian. What? What do you mean because you're a Christian? Well, I, I read the Bible, and the Bible says, you know, you shouldn't be getting drunk, so I don't get drunk. What? You know, blew their mind. And they went through the whole list. They started asking me, so do you smoke weed? You don't smoke weed? Dude, what do you do for fun, man? You must watch a lot of porn. Uh, I don't do that. What? No. You watch porn? Dude, you must just have sex with your girlfriend all the time then. No, I don't do that. I've never done it. What? Holy, what are you talking about? I mean, they just couldn't wrap their mind around it. And it's high school, so word spreads. I remember doing a project with some girls. And we went off campus when we were driving around doing a TV class project. And we were in, I was in this car full of girls, and, and they asked me, one of them just said, all right, so Jesse, can we ask you a question? She's like, sure. They said, you know, all the girls in school, we've been wondering, are you saving sex till marriage? They seen junior, senior year of high school. I'm like, these are some old girls right now. <laughs> Going out the window, you gotta be brave enough yeah. 
on a temptation level. Mm-hmm. That means that, man, when I'm feeling tempted, even if I haven't totally given in yet, but I'm walking around getting tempted here, getting tempted there, and even if I haven't gone and watched porn or masturbated, but I'm just been struggling with my eyes, I'm getting open about it. Right. Anything less than that, it is sinful. You're just not living in openness. You're not walking in the light. You had some brothers in Boston who were struggling with some some different impurity, and, and you know we had some really tough talks. And these three brothers, they started a group, and they started a text message between the three of them called the Sons of the Light. Come on. And the scriptures talk about being sons of the light. So they started this text thread where every day they're just constantly being open with one another. Amen. That's what the new life is supposed to look like. Anything less than that, you just are you being discipled? Are you really you have people in your life? It really doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. That's a condition you gotta build. Yeah. Yeah. I mean you're gonna die if you don't have that kind of daily openness. And it's sad the kind of the purity that we live in. Because honestly, it hurts us so bad. That's right. That but, you know, when the list talks about drunkenness. Yeah. And the Southeast campuses, not the campus ministry, but the Southeast campuses have a particular reputation for drunkenness. You get a lot of college towns. Think of UGA. That's where my wife went to school. There's all these bars downtown. There's like tons and hundreds of bars in downtown Athens. And that's what a lot of these college towns are like. And it it is this verse. You know, the the orgies, the carousing, the frat party, all that kind of stuff. Talk about drunkenness. What's the conviction that you have? What's the conviction in your campus ministry about drinking? Now, I think think the conviction we've got to have about drinking is extremely, extremely cautious. Extremely, extremely above reproach. Careful, thoughtful. You shouldn't be drinking around other guys in your campus ministry who are underage. Mm. That cavalier attitude about drinking, not even just drunkenness, but just that cavalier attitude about drinking, you shouldn't have it. You shouldn't be drinking alcohol when there's other brothers there who aren't 21. You know, I don't know what the alcohol is like in your apartment, but you better be, be being careful in your dorms and in your apartments if you're 21 and you got alcohol in there. I mean, you hear all kinds of stuff. I hear all kinds of situations where people are going out to bars. Let me tell you this. One of the reasons I fell in love with my wife was because her campus ministry at UGA really struggled with drinking and going to bars and drinking at parties they had. Maybe not people getting drunk, but some people getting drunk and some people being close to the line. And I remember, I didn't really know about it, but I remember sharing some of that with you. And she made a conviction that she was not going to go to a place that didn't serve food. She wasn't going to go to an establishment if they didn't serve food. And all her friends, all the time, would be like, Alexander, come on, we're going to this place. You want to come? You you know, I'm not going to go there. It's a bar. I don't go to bars. That's one of the reasons I fell in love with her. Come on, brother. She wasn't afraid to stand alone, even as a woman in her campus ministry. Now, I'm talking about a woman. It's a woman that I love, but it's a woman. And we're supposed to be leading the way through the women. So does my woman have deeper convictions as a college student than the men in this room? Good question. I mean, is that that where we're at today? Come on, Jesse. The scripture talks about orgies and carousing. 
you're like, okay, orgies, finally one that I'm not doing. You know that? Okay, that's a good message. But you know, orgies and carousing, really the modern equivalent would be partying. That's wild living and partying. Study it out. That, that's where that comes from. Okay? So, like I was talking about last night, where, where are you at when it comes to going to parties on campus? We don't do that in the Boston campus ministry. That's a firm conviction we have. And I know there's a lot of different campus ministries represented here. But you gotta study it out. You gotta make a conviction. That's right. You cannot be going to parties. That's right. If we're gonna lead the world to Christ, how can we dive in with them? Right. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. Come on, bro. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. I love the way Ephesians 5 talks about dealing with sin. Like you're struggling right now. I know you weren't totally involved in it, but what are you feeling? And I said, 
said, I don't know, I, I don't really want to say. So I thought these guys are going to get mad at me if I say it. And they're like, no, Jesse, go right on ahead. Say whatever you need to say. And <laughs> I said, well, the way, I said, okay, well, the way all these guys are talking right now is not the way they talk about you behind closed doors. They talk about you behind your back. They're always talking about your sermons. They're drinking and doing all these things. And it's a struggle for me to watch them lying to you right now. And a bunch of those guys got taken out of leadership in the campus ministry. And I remember for a couple of weeks, they didn't really talk to me very much. See, sometimes it's even harder to stand out against people in your own church. Even in church. Maybe your campus ministry doesn't have the kind of convictions we're talking about yet. It has nothing to do with you. Right. You as a man before God. Some of you aren't even looking at me right now. You as a man before God. Uh, has nothing to do with what everybody else around you is doing. Come on. Maybe you don't know where to start. Let's do the first Peter chapter 2. Come on, bro. Maybe you don't know where do I even start. First Peter 2. Let's do the verse 2. So where do I go? Where do I, where do I begin to have these kind of deep convictions? Personally. It says, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, yeah. now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Let's talk about craving God's word. Yeah. You've got to be students of the word. That's right. You've got to love God's word. Yeah. You might think, where do I start? Where do I even begin to build these kind of convictions? You gotta get in your Bible every day, every night. I know it's something we talk about a lot, but I don't know, in this microwave, fast food generation we're living in, we like things quick, we like things instant, we like things easy. Just push a button, and you know what? We don't even have to do stuff anymore. Siri will do it for us, you know? <laughs> But that's not how a relationship with God is built. That's, right. that's not how deep convictions are built. It's not quick. It's not instant. It's not an app. You've got to get in your word and spend time doing it every day. Like newborn babies, you've got to crave spiritual milk. You know, I saw, I need your love. And we sing, oh, I can't face today without some time to pray. And how many days do you face? Without some time to pray. Mm. You don't crave it. Mm. Like a, like a Come on, Jesse. Keep it real. Who wants it? And we sing it. And we don't live yeah. We need the bravery to stand firm in our convictions, even when we got to stand alone. Are you with me? Yeah. Last point. Point number two. It's tough enough to take a hit. Are you tough enough to take a hit? What do I mean by that? Well, nobody, nobody really likes to get hit. What do you do when you get hit? I remember one time, I remember one time I was uh, talking about, here's another Tom story right here. Oh, oh, yeah. We were up to Superior. We went up to New Hampshire. And we were, we were we went up to New Hampshire for like a ski trip or something with a bunch of guys in the campus ministry. And as we were driving back, we were in bumper bumper traffic on the highway, and it wasn't going anywhere for a long, long time. So Tom and I got out of the car and we started going in the breakdown lane and throwing a football back and forth to each other. <laughs> right? So I'm up, I'm up in front and people are kind of looking at their cars laughing at us. 
our friends are looking at us in their car, and they're laughing, like, oh, ha, ha, look at them on the highway. But we're just having a good time. The cars are barely moving. We're just walking down the highway. We're just throwing a football. I was up ahead. So I go up ahead, and I go for a pass. We've been playing for a few minutes. And I turn around, and one of our buddies has run at Tom and tackled him over the guardrail, face first into a pile of snow. And I'm dying laughing. I look at, I look at our car full of buddies, and they're dying laughing, but they're laughing a lot harder than me. And I'm like, what? What's going on? And the guy stands up, and it's just a random stranger. <laughs> Christian, 
Do not be ashamed. Praise God that you bear that name. Amen. It says when Satan throws temptations at us, trials, times of suffering, should we be surprised? As if something strange was happening? No. What does God expect you to be? A strong man who stands firm in the faith, who can make it through trials, who can make it through suffering, who can suffer and get back up. Amen. Yeah, I love when New England Patriots played the South Seahawks a few years back. There was a really cool thing. That, I don't know if they do this with every team, but, but they, they do this thing with the Patriots where they do like the game mic'd up. You ever watch some of those things? You know, they have microphones facing the players, and every now and then Julian Edelman will get an F bomb in there on national TV. He's a, he's a nut player. You know, one of our wide receivers, he's a little guy. He's not much taller than me, but he's got about 100 pounds of muscle on me. He's jacked. He's this huge little white dude, this, this, this crazy little wide receiver. And they had him mic'd up in the game. And this dude, I mean, he was getting hit so hard by the Seattle Legion of Boom. I mean, he was just getting hammered. He was getting crushed by them. I remember there was a hit that he took, and you know, he get, he got up to run a little bit more, but you could tell he's half unconscious and he's running. He was falling over, and then he gets hit again. I'm like, this dude is gonna die. But I remember they had him mic'd up. And he gets up, and you hear him during the hits. He's like, rrr, 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 rrr. You know, he's getting hit by all these dudes. And then he stands up and looks around, and he goes, I love getting hit. And that's how you gotta be. You're gonna be one of these little slot receivers for the New England Patriots. You gotta love getting hit. Are you tough enough to take a hit? Some of you say, no, he's gotta do splits at you. And you go and open up your laptop and you watch Gordon Master. Mm. It's all the same thing I do, just give you a little temptation. And you go to the party. Christianity is a contract sport. Yeah. Um, the word Christian is only in the Bible three times. And this is one of those times. And what's the context that it talks about being a Christian? Some of suffering as a Christian. Some of us think we're Christian because we call ourselves Christian. No, this, this right here says part of being a Christian is being a strong man who can stand his ground and make it through suffering and trials. Yeah. You know, I think when we, when we blow, when we give in to our sinful natures, I think a lot of times it's the way that men are, are trying to fix our intimacy. And we, we do desire to connect. We do desire, you know, maybe we want to please our dads. Maybe we want to impress girls. Maybe we want to fit in. Whatever it is. And I think we have this desire for intimacy. And sometimes when grades aren't working out or we're struggling in our faith, we go to masturbation. You know, we go and we go, I'm just going to, these guys really like me, and I'm just going to go party because I like that version of myself. I get a lot of praise for that version of myself. Or you know, whatever it be. And don't we feel it when we give in to that shit? Don't you just feel down? Don't you just feel 
empty and terrible about yourself a lot of times when we give in. Let's not turn to those things. You've got to turn to God. There are three basic things that I always talk to you guys about. If you try to figure out how to repent of your sin, whatever sin it is, there's really three basic things that I think about all the time. Come on, bro. And I always ask brothers these three questions when they're stuck in sin. The first is simply how you're quiet. Seriously, when you're spending time with God every day, it's hard to get down and do some of that stuff. Yeah. And almost all the time when brothers are struggling, the answer is what? Not good. And it's a, it's a no-brainer, maybe God spends time with God day. Second thing I ask him is, are you radically amputating the temptation in your life? Wow. What does Jesus say we got to do to the things that cause us to sin? Cut it off. Okay, do you have the blockers on your computer? Have you deleted that girl's number from your phone? Have you said, I'm not going to bars with my friends anymore? You have to radically amputate the struggles in your life. Third question I ask is, are you being open daily on a temptation level? That's what I was talking about earlier. Because if you're open about the little stuff, you know, you clean out the heart. It's not when you change the oil in your car. You can't just keep adding oil to your car. It gets all junky and gunky and gross in there. What do you got? You got to clean it out. You got to flush it out. That's like what we are like with sin and stuff. You got to get out of there. And if you're confessing the little sins every single day, it doesn't get so bad. It doesn't fester and grow and grow into this terrible, evil thing that we do. You get over about it, but even a little temptation stuff. You know, these things are going to bring you strength. These are helpful practices, but nobody can help you with the two points that we talked about. Bravery to stand alone and toughness to take a hit from Satan and get back. And fight Satan. These are helpful practices, but nobody can give you those things. You gotta bring them. You gotta bring the bravery and you gotta bring the toughness. I can't do that for you. Your campus minister cannot. <laughs> Do that for you. It's all inside of you. And it all depends on you. Amen? Amen. At this time, we're going to take the next few minutes here. we got about 10 minutes before lunch starts. So we, we got, don't want we you guys to take even a minute Jesse, or two. Jesse, we got five minutes. We got five minutes. <laughs> so if, there, if we have some brothers in here who are ready to make some decisions, I want you to get up in front of people, and I want you to talk. Raise your hand if you've got a decision that you got to make. Come on up here if you guys got some decisions.
now I'm going to stop feeling sorry for myself and be confident in the God that I serve.